0: My shrink listened uh, to the last episode on uh, my request, and he said I didn't get too much about ADHD wrong. 5x5.tv slash live, right? Yes. That was really good because, you know, I, I really think about that because I really respect the guy. He's super smart. And, you know, he'll take me to task if I, if I get it wrong. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't see a shrink at all, do you, Dan? No. Mm-hmm.
1: Not, presen- not
0: presently. Mm-hmm. I
1: mm-hmm. have. Sure have. Mm. No, really. Sure, of course.
0: Hmm. Hmm.
1: What what uh, Jewish college educated guy hasn't? Mm. And I say college educated because it's the only way you could afford to go to one.
0: Ron Jeremy. <laughs> He's a podcaster, right? Yes. How are you doing, Dan?
1: You having a good week? It's been a little it's been a little busy, a little little too busy, a little crazy. What about you? You're only yeah. on the beginning of your second day. My second day. Tuesday.
0: Uh, <clears throat> oh, 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 yeah, yeah, but it's going fine. It's going fine. I uh Huh. yeah, it's going really good. It's going really good. I, I'm getting ready for this big thing in um, New Zealand. New
1: Zealand? that's Is that next week? Yeah. 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 To start, that's going to mess up all of my shows because you're gone, Gruber's gone, Marco's gone. Mm-hmm. That's three yeah. shows. That's like three big shows. Fortunately, John Syracuse is going to stick around for that
0: yeah maybe they misspelled something and he noticed it and i was out um yeah you know this is the problem you know uh, quality has shoes and sometimes it walks Do you know what i'm saying Dan? yes you, don't, you understand what i'm saying Dan? i, I hear you um it's going to be really a heck of a thing and if, you, if anybody listening to this by any wild chance is going to it ask your boss uh to to come to my workshops because it's going to be good i might cry you know i cry a lot do you cry up on the stage no to be honest i make other people cry it happens a lot it's pretty cool no, I mean, people. Cool, a cool lot people. of people. It's cool in the sense of like it's pretty neat. Like I, it means I got to somebody. My goal when I go in the room, and this this sounds like horseshit crap, but it's not. I um, I, I'm not there to make everybody happy. I'm there to reach whoever like kind of has ears to hear whatever dumb thing I have, and it's actually kind of moving when it happens. And then a lot of times people just get mad at me because they thought I was going to talk about email, which is understandable.
1: Mm. Apparently You'll we've been off. making people cry from listening to, to this program. Episode three is, the, is we've gotten more feedback on it. I've gotten more feedback on episode three, our last episode, than uh, almost about any other show episode that I've done in the last year. Is that right? Yeah.
0: Really, it's, really uh, touched,
1: touched some people.
0: The, uh, let's not talk about the show forever, but, but, um, I gotta tell you the truth. Um, I don't like email. It uh, really gets under my skin. It's I've talked about this before. <laughs> I'm not good with email. Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> Um, but I got to tell you the truth. Um, my feelings about email have almost been redeemed by what really? people have, have written and said to us. No, like I really forget. I mean, I forget that PBS shows good stuff. You know, I forget <laughs> that like you know there there are people in uh, SEO who aren't actually uh, Satan. And I forget not a lot, like maybe three. Yeah. And the problem with Satan is like he, you know, it's like that old joke, that old Del Close joke, where you know Tim Kazerinsky goes in and says, Dell, I don't understand. How, how can I? How can I play? How can I play this this troll character? I don't understand." Because remember. You know, you're not playing, you're not playing the angry, you're playing the hurt because every troll has his reasons, right? SEO people are the same way, except worse because they're ruining the internet. And third, I forget that email is a super cool way to connect to really decent human beings. And it's just been really nice. I'm with you. It's, uh, I I, I don't know, I was a little, not worried, but I I was hoping that wasn't going to be too disruptive to people that episode, but um, yeah. You think so? People, well, let's just share. A lot of people have been saying, um, far from being way off topic, it was something where they said, oh, man, either A, this really reminds me that I used to be a lot worse than I am now. Right. And there were at least a couple people who were like, I'm going to go take a swing at this and, you know, see if there might be something more to this than I just really like video games. Was that your impression?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, well, first of all, I thought it was great that you were willing to open up and talk about you know, a problem. And a lot of people aren't willing to do that at all. And I think people really appreciated that because I think a lot of people who listen to this show, listen to it because they like you, they like your work and to hear that you're actually like a regular guy with problems that (laughs) you've, you've worked on and are continuing to work on and you don't necessarily have answers. I think that humanized you in a very vulnerable way. And uh, I think people really responded positively to that. And no, I thought it was great. I think it's unexpected. I didn't. I don't think people were expecting us to talk about that kind of thing. But that's that's kind of exactly why we should talk about that kind of
0: mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Are you familiar with the phrase left-handed compliment? Yes. Yeah. Just curious. I'm just curious. Well, no. It's just that, you know, given that you are that you've suffered so many, you've, you've really bounded back from so many setbacks with the fact that you're basically really stupid. The way that you've gotten above that and to understand something, a concept as simple as left-handed compliment, I think is a real credit to whoever has helped you with that. Yeah. And I really mean that in the best possible way. That when I say that you are, are really just not very bright, the fact that you've risen above that, I think is really inspiring to people, you know, especially people who are equally not a, That's a left-handed compliment, Dan Benjamin. I figured I, that, my, I figured that's where you are going Did you get that? that? I, did. I have to explain that sometimes mm-hmm. to Adam. I, I think my brand, at the heart of it, if I have a brand, is that um, – and I'm not persuaded that I necessarily do – is that I, I, I'm not always honest, but I'm as always as honest as I can stand to be, to be honest. <laughs> That's what I think. You know, gosh, I – but, um, you know, it is hard. I'll tell you on the internet, it's hard to know always where the line is. But um, to follow up on, on your remark, which is completely understandable, but like, you know, I opened it up. Well, it, it isn't a court of law. I think we all have to kind of draw our own lines and say, well, this week, this is exactly what I'm comfortable talking about. You know, Um, I don't want to be a professional train wreck. I hope I manage to ship good stuff in addition to just being disheveled. But... Um, that's what's interesting I think Dan you're probably heading toward this weird territory the same kind of territory that a lot of us and our friends are are increasingly heading toward which is uh, yeah people may know you from this one thing but they might not know you from that other thing and and, and again I'm not talking about like just fake web celebrities I'm talking about like somebody may know you in my case just as a jerk on Twitter but maybe not as this guy who occasionally does kind of cool stuff and nice things for people which is that's okay that's just how it is right or somebody may know you just from your Facebook page right and not from the fact that you like wrote a book (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or that, like you uh, volunteer at this charity without ever telling anybody. It's that's in some ways gets to the nature of why things like email are hard. Is as I've said, it's like just just a pebble, right? There's so many ways in which we don't know what anybody's load is or what anybody's concerns are on a given day. And so, back to the CBT idea, I think <laughs> we often tend to just guess people's motivations. We guess people's workload. We guess what people make for a living. I mean, we all do this. But we really have no idea, no idea, you know? So do you anyway, you think it's yeah. hard to
1: overcome that kind of initial, you know, like, oh, will you always be the guy that talks into his wallet guy to some people, do you think?
0: Um, A, probably, and B, you know, that's okay, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, um, yeah. I'm going to have a lot more to say about this pretty soon, but, uh, I've um, been <laughs> having some pretty pretty heated conversations with my editor that are starting to really come to a head. Well, let's and talk – okay, so your editor no, – I'm not going to talk about I can't talk about it too much right can now. Can you talk about I'll, the book at all? Yeah, I can talk about the book a lot, but I, I, I'll be more comfortable talking about it one way or another in, in, in pretty soon. Um, we can wait. We'll save it. shelve it. Right, no, no, but I just mean it in the sense – why am I saying this? Because um, – Kind of back to that idea of everybody's got their reasons, but but a slightly different twist. I, I really, I really think, I don't know. This may or may not bring everything together. <laughs> I think we need to be super clear about what we have the power to change in other in other people. I, that's a theme that has certainly come up numerous times uh, in our visits here. And I, gosh, I just think there's not many things you could do to improve your life that are more important than having a really clear idea of what you can change. Um. You know, again, when we say stuff like, oh, I have problems with email, i got to change this, i got to change that, what you're really saying is, like I say, A, you're, you've broken deals with yourself that you're mad about a lot of times. And B, your theory or your plan or your guru diagram will work great as long as you can – only one thing really needs to happen for, for this to work out, right? Whatever your system is. And that's that everybody else in the world does it too and agrees that you're better at it. And, and then every system will work. Every system will work if you could change 5 billion people. Which is a little out of scope for most of us. So something I've really tried to work on in the last year or two is to go, look, I don't want to seem glib. I don't want to seem detached. But, like, here's how much control I have over what anybody else's priority is. (laughs) And that is, like, uh, this little clipping of a fingernail. That's how much control I've got. I've really... You know we think about how much time we spend in life beating our head against the wall because we can 't browbeat somebody into agreeing with us about something or because we because we spend all of our life guessing what somebody wants from us. Right. Think about how many relationships you know I have a a really good pal who 's going to have uh, with Is having a very kind of intentional child with somebody. They're not going to get married. They're not going to live together. They're basically like divorced people without ever having been married. It's just that they'll have a kid. And what they have had to go through to communicate with each other is just inspiring. You know, um, people like me, we can go and get married and have a kid and we never talk about anything because we sleep in the same bed, right? There's all this stuff you just assume, you know? And what's funny is whether you go through Precana, I think it's called in in the Catholic faith, or whether you go through anything like that, it's funny when you learn how much of your assumptions are just dead wrong and how much, if you're willing to confront it, you really don't have in common with somebody. Not that that's a deal breaker. You know, But in anything in life, we tend to de- derive – and again, this goes straight back to this idea of we have to find stories. We have to find um, arcs. Back to the Dan Benjamin character, I have to understand that it's because this person is this that I'm not that, which is completely mental if you think about it for half a second. I, you know, Dan Benjamin's – well, of course Dan Benjamin has good podcasts. He has a popular podcast network. <laughs> Total tautology that has no effect on you. But you've derived some vision of the world, and now you're trying to, to switch the facts around to comport with that, which will make you either unhappy or insane or both, right? So for me, it's becoming really important that I try to divorce, that I try and untangle anytime I get into a situation I'm not happy about, I really try to untangle, A, my assumptions, but B, also the things that I really don't have that control over. You know, What is really negotiable and not negotiable for me? What am I blaming on other people? Uh, I'm not great at that, but you know, sure. You may think, you may think I'm just, just the dick from Twitter or you may think I'm just the, like, you know what? I'm just glad. That's really cool that you know who I am. Like, even if I piss you off, that's really nice. Uh, That's an influence. You know, I'd like it if you instead took it as an aggregate, if you found it interesting enough to go, oh gosh, I wonder how a phone guy kind of connects to the issues of how we communicate with each other. Or isn't it interesting how often you look nice today is about being embarrassed about your past. Mm. Right, I'm not am not saying you got to go out and like study my freaking oeuvre, but like there is more to it than any one aspect that you want to just fit to the story. It's true for email. I discovered that last week with email. Right, I'm really hard on email because most emails crap. But then all these really nice people wrote, and I was like, man, I'm a jerk about email. I forget how great it is, and I just keep assuming that people are, are to my own point, being dumb. You know, do you do that, Dan? You catch yourself? You catch yourself being needy? You Catch yourself uh, worrying about what other people got? You know, I think it's it's.
1: Important to identify when you are feeling that way. Sure. I mean, everybody, I think it's a natural thing to compare yourself to other people, to, to, to make judgments and catch yourself making those judgments is, is the distinction. When you, when you see, oh, I was just doing that. -hmm. Then that gives you a different perspective. It's one thing; it's a natural reaction, I think, to do that. I think it's a natural reaction to realize that most of the framework and that that the way that we relate to the world is a construct. You know that it's not it's not necessarily real. That uh, right? It's
0: it's a model in some ways, right? It's like a it's like a really realistic train city, like a little. You know what I mean? Like like those, yeah.
1: Like in Beetlejuice.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that's, a really, that's a pretty instructive metaphor. Uh, the, the comparing oneself to other people thing is so interesting. Um, at some point later today, um, Mike Brown from WebStock uh, interviewed me. Um, we talked for like an hour yesterday, and he interviewed me, and we talked. And, of course, as usual, I talk too much. Um, but that's going to come out today. But one of the things we talked about is the talk that I'm going to do at WebStock, which he's very generously calling a keynote. Um, and it's about fear. And it's uh, to your point, I, I think what's so interesting about a lot of these things that start out feeling like a bad and negative-only kind of thing that we want to run away from, we've got to run away from fear. We've got to run away from anxiety. We've got to beat down procrastination. We've got to do all this stuff to like try and master our, our mind and be like this uber-mensch. Uber but what's interesting about fear to me is how much, if I'm really honest with myself, it becomes something I need to balance. Because I think fear... And when I say fear, the reason I'm, I'm sorry, my allergies are freaking out. Um, it's
1: okay,
0: oh, hang hey, on hey, one second. I better. I, better, uh, <laughs> I think it's really important. Um, <laughs> I think it's really important to go like, okay, yeah, this is a negative thing. This makes me feel bad. Well, you know, sometimes pain is a good thing, right? Sometimes that pain might be, you know what? You broke your arm, dude. You need to go get, your, get your arm set. No, I just need to like, make the pain go away. Well, fear, man. Fear is an amazing driver. And I'm just, to your point, why am I saying this? I think fear, anxiety... Uh, fear and anxiety are what drive us to compare ourselves to others because we are com- we start deriving our sense of who we are and what our value is based on how we stand next to other people. This person has more Twitter followers than me. This person has fewer Facebook people um, doing whatever people on Facebook do. So you know, or for that matter, you go like, oh gosh, well Merlin doesn't like me because I'm on Facebook. Well, who cares? I mean. <laughs> How do we? We don't even know each other, and you're worried about that. Like, what? Like that's that's so much a bigger problem than me not liking Facebook. It's like, why do you care? You know, but we do. We do care. Like, you know, if somebody goes on TV and goes, "Hey, don't get vaccinations," if it's somebody that you really admire, you're going to go out and not get vac- vaccinations for your kid. Sorry, I don't want to open a barrel of monkeys here. I know that's a big deal with people, but I'm just saying, we're so influenced by all this stuff that is not just our own vision of, of, of what we see and what we do. Yeah. And so I think it's really important to try and decouple that. When it comes to fear, the balance that I'm trying to get at is just this notion that – and again, this is repeating what will be on another podcast today. But I think there's this interesting balance between – I almost think about like when Bullwinkle climbs up that really, really, really sharp mountain. And it's right. almost like it's so pointy on top that you can't sit on top. And, and to me, that's what, what fear is. That, that is that – when you sit on that and that goes into your butt a little bit, like that is pain. That is the pain of fear. But the reason you're sitting on there is because of two opposing forces that are fear-based. On the one hand, there's the fear-based conservatism. Um, what could you call it? It's, it's – you become very cautious – about all the things that could harm you and it makes you a little more lizard brainy. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you go, oh my gosh, this could go wrong. I'm really scared of what could happen to me. And so you develop an overabundance of caution. On the other side of that really pointy butt thing is something going like, okay, I'm just going to shut my eyes because I'm so scared that I can't even know what's here. And as I said to to Mike, I tend to go much more on the second side than the first. But in between there is a really, is really the real fecundity. You know, if you can stand sitting on the point for a while, well, you can go on the one hand, yeah, what could happen to me? Well, nobody's actually going to eat me. Nobody's going to put me in the microwave and then like mix me up with some ranch dressing and actually consume me. What's the worst thing that can happen here? Really, what is the absolute worst thing that can happen if I fail at this, if this thing goes wrong, if somebody has more followers than me, if somebody I don't like, you know, you know, (laughs) as a blog post about something that I regard as my idea. Like, what does it really mean? Well, what it may mean is relatively little. And then on the other side, the fear that that for me is much more overriding is like, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. I have too much to do. I have too much to pay attention to. I have to just shut down these 10 things and just pay pay attention to this one thing. Personally, I would almost always rather err on that side because I think you end up doing more interesting things. But the driver for that then can be, well, wait a minute, stop. That fear is important, but like to get past that fear i 'm going to have to untangle all of those parts and say well here 's one thing I can do here 's one bit that I can get started on right right because in the worst case, that second kind of fear, the fear of like seeing too much, becomes this like oh, you know, the, I guess it really combines to become this fear of like I just can 't do new and different stuff because it freaks me out i 'm um, not sure where i 'm going with all of this dan, but i, I do I do think that just because I'm thinking a lot about fear and I'm thinking a lot about barriers for these two workshops and a talk that I'm doing, I, I just think, you know, can I give you another example? Yeah. Can give, you give one me. more example? Yeah. <laughs> okay, like um, I, I keep, I, I always forget, I'm serious, I forget to pay the electric bill on my office. I really actually forget to pay it and sometimes it'll stack up for a couple months. I'm like, well, holy crap, what is wrong with me? Cause like I have this sense of time that's really screwed up. I feel like I'm pretty positive I just paid it. I forget to pay it, and like I just do. I, I can't tell you why, but I do. I just space it. I, if, even if I put it on the calendar, I just ignore it, and it's really stupid. And if you're honest with yourself, you'll admit that you have things like this too, idiot. But so I'm sitting there. I'm going like, okay, 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 I got to New Zealand. I got to go pay it. And then, what? It's going to be like a hundred dollars. I got to go pay it. It's no big deal. But I didn't even want to look at the bill. I'm avoiding this. I'm avoiding this because I don't. I just don't want to deal with this. I like, got so many things. So many pebbles to deal with. But you know what I did? I went and I pulled it up. And my balance, I forgot I overpaid last time. My balance is negative
1: $24. Mm.
0: They owe me $24 right now. And I'm sitting here worrying about looking at the bill. Yeah. Again, nothing in the universe changed. Except I don't feel as bad as I used to. And B, I feel like kind of an idiot that I had worried about it. And that, to me, I don't know. Maybe that's not anything you guys suffer from. But I think that's weirdly close to what a lot of people deal with when you let an unknown thing you let an anxiety to, to me in some ways fear is healthier than anxiety because fear means there's a bear here and anxiety means there might be a bear here and there always might be a bear there if that's your predisposition but I, I don't know i i um you know i liked i like
1: what you said merlin about what you know the the concept of thinking about what's the worst thing that would happen if i fail or or, or something it made me think of a story that something that that was happening to me you know I've worked uh, kind of remotely for probably six or seven years Uh, you know whether it was work doing consulting work or client work or whatever but a lot of it was you know writing code or writing you know developing software or in in some cases more involved things than that but you know you're here and you're like in your office and I think this is applicable even if you're in a cube or wherever you're sitting right and I remember I had a, a, a boss who was a very nice person, but the way that they communicated over email or over chat, it just it it had, and it wasn't just me, but they did. And they, I really don't think they were aware of it, but they yeah. had this effect of incredibly stressing people out. And I, I kinda of
0: terse, like a, kind of terse and slightly it was just
1: distant. that. But there, were, I, I can't really even put my finger on it. This was this was five years ago, but. You know, just the way that they communicated it left you feeling like you had done something really terrible and it was totally non-intentional. This person was a very, very kind person, but I talked to other people on my team about it and it, one girl was having like heart palps when she would get emails from him. I'm saying I'm, it was really, <laughs> it was awful. Yeah, It That's was really so awful. bad. And he, he really, really didn't mean this. He really didn't mean it this way and uh, didn't know about it. But I just remember finally at one point, I, I remembered thinking to myself, you know, why why am I getting so str- like? Literally, I'd wake up in the morning and I would like go to the computer with just this deep sense of just dread in this pit in my stomach. Like, God, I, I I don't even want to look at email. I don't even want to see. I don't even want to turn the computer on. God,
0: you're gonna make me cry now. I mean, so uh, so that, I can't I, even tell you how much that's my life. Like, well, here's what it I right realized.
1: Though. Well, here's what I realized. Here's what I realized. I said, you know what. What's actually happening right now? What's actually happening? Not not between me and this guy, but like if 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 I was a, an alien that could see through the roof and look down at what's actually happening? Well, you know, there's a guy sitting in a room right now. And nothing's actually happening. He's healthy enough, you know, he's got a he's got a wife. There's some money in, in the bank. The house is secure. You know, nothing there's nothing bad actually happening. Nothing's happening. I'm just sitting here, like, looking at a screen. And when I kind of realized that, it helped me get the perspective enough to kind of laugh at the situation and say, you know what? And at the end of the day, this, this deadline, yeah, maybe there's a deadline. Maybe I need to, to get this feature done, whatever. But at the end of the day, like, I'm a guy in a room reading some text on a screen. That's that's what's actually happening right now. Nothing. Nothing of consequence. And it, it actually gave me that realization and repeating that a lot to myself Gave me that perspective, you know, to say, I'm, I'm not, nothing bad is happening. It yeah. was like a breakthrough for me to realize it, that.
0: It, it, it is, and it's another one that's such a terrific story, and it's exactly what most of us just completely forget to do I mean let's be honest nobody ever, nobody today nobody wants to be Pollyanna nobody wants to sit around and go well I'm just whistling past the graveyard everything's fine but, <laughs> but right, it is, it is right. kind of funny it is kind of funny how seldom and I gotta tell you dude what you just said like those exact words it's so close to what I will say periodically what maybe once a month I catch it I catch it and I go wait a minute wait a minute you know, I, I, no, that's, this is all made up or this is all like, you're, you're, you're like, first of all, you're being such a jerk to, to, to treat this first world problem as this really overwhelming thing. I mean, to talk about being honest, I said something to myself, I was really stressing out about this book. I mean, at a point in the winter, I mean, I just, I was so bummed cause I was spending close to 18 hours a day working on this book. Yeah. Sometimes writing, sometimes outlining, I've got almost a hundred thousand words of this book and it's just not the book I want yet. Um, which is not making a lot of people happy. But people people browbeat me about it, I'm like, why isn't the book done? I'm done. It's, not, it's, done it's not. done because it's not done, because it's not done. Like, I'll know when it's done. It's not done. You want 100,000 words, I'll give you that. I'll give you like a small pocket dictionary, but it's not the book I want yet. And I, But I was really bummed. It was like 18 hours a day of this, and I really felt like, not to be that guy, but I was like, man, my kid is learning a couple words a day, and I'm not there. You know, yeah. I, I, I want to be really specific about this. I mean, like, my kid, like, synthesized two ideas today and i missed it because i'm sitting here trying to not write about email and i but then i caught myself and i said wait a minute i'll <laughs> dan benjamin style <laughs> i stick around on the internet for a living and write about whatever i want yeah oh my god what i am so not allowed to be that sad about this if i can't figure out how to be happy doing what i'm doing i might as well give up I, I, I it, was, it was ridiculous. And yeah, I still had bad days. But I, you know, I do remember thinking that. I do remember finally thinking that and just realizing what job could I have that's better than, than what, the one that I have. And, you know, and, but I mean, I, I think that's not just for, for internet jerks. I think it's for everybody. I mean, obviously, not to go Godwin, but, you know, Viktor Frankl talks about this, you know, in his book about what he went through, you know, in the Holocaust. It's like he found a way to have meaning in life well, while, while he was in, like, a, a death camp. <laughs> you know, people people manage... It's and, and that's such a cliche, and it's such a joke, like, down to, like, you know, Elaine on Seinfeld being stuck on a subway. But, like, if, if, boy, if that guy could pull it out, you think you can manage to be a little bit happier and not so glum today? You know, because whatever it is, it is what it is. And you can... Just you have to really adapt yourself to that. But my thank God, our biggest problem. i you're not going to get black lung from an Excel spreadsheet. You know, <laughs> cheer up. <laughs> you know what I mean. And if you do, you've got health insurance. <laughs> You'll probably be okay. Wow. You know. Let me t- tell you something, Dan. Nobody has ever okay gotten black lung. Okay. Um, I think I'm going into South Park, uh, guy. Now, but um, um, you know what we should talk about? What time is it? What time we got? Oh, we're doing all right. Yeah, we're, we're doing all right. We should, uh, at some point we should talk about procrastination because... Oh, let's is- do it.
1: Let's do that.
0: Yeah. Nah, you know little- what? We should talk yeah. about it later. Let's not. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, I hate procrastination jokes. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. Oh, I hate them so much. I love you. <laughs> I love you so much, but oh my God. Well, let's do,
1: let's do talk about it then.
0: All right. And, um, I just think given that we, we've been chatting about any, any, talk about your feelings way about fear...
1: Boy. Are you fear-driven, though, Merlin? You don't seem like you're driven by fear.
0: Well, I mean, I don't even know how to answer that. There, are, like some only- people,
1: there are some people who seem to be driven or motivated in, in, in a big part of their existence that fear is sort of right there, around, right around the corner. You know what I mean? Like, there's people yeah. who, seem to be, who seem not to be afraid, and there's other people for whom fear is, is a motivator. Do you feel it's uh, a motivator I, for you? I, it I, it I is for me in a lot of ways.
0: Really, I'd like to hear more about that. Uh, from just to answer your question, um, I don't know. How, it's like being driven by oxygen and or water. Like I don't know. I don't know how to, how I would say that I'm not. I mean, everybody. I, I think everybody is driven by fear in some way. In some way, but in, precaution
1: as a big motivator, though. Like I, I know, I know plenty of people. My wife is as, one. As of in them. I better.
0: As in, I better go do this thing or kind of driven
1: yeah like there there's the mindset that fear fear to an extreme becomes sort of the ocd thing where it well if i don't check every single window before i go to bed then my the people i love will be afflicted with a horrible disease kind of fear you know what i mean that that's sort of the fear driven mentality gone crazy and there i think are a lot of people who don't who don't have that. My wife isn't, I mean, of course, you know, y- yes, it's possible to scare anybody or ev- everybody in a way, yeah, they, they're afraid of being, you know, uh, in, in, you know, in the middle of a flatland when there's a, a thunderstorm coming kind of fear. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, I'm talking about people who seem to be fear-minded or driven by fear, at least at their core. My wife isn't, for example. I'm not saying she's fearless. I'm saying that's, that's not one of her central core emotions necessarily. And I think everybody's a little different. I'm just curious. Do you, do you right. feel that you are motivated in, in some way, in a bigger way than by fear maybe?
0: Um, I will try. I think it's a really interesting question that I'll try to, I'll try to answer. Honestly, I, I'm not. It's it's hard to answer something like that totally honestly because, I mean, it, no matter what I say, it'll sound like I'm probably being untruthful. But I'll tell you what I think. I think um, back to that Don Murray idea of, or any really any good writing person has talked about how ideas percolate and then suddenly it's like, you know, I've always thought that like as far as like getting married for example, yeah. the external pressure to get married is such a terrible idea. And when you're from the South, you just face that every day. You face all of this, like, why haven't you accepted the level of obligation that I'm unhappy with yet? That's that's you're facing that all the time in the South. With all respect, I mean, I was constantly getting like, when are you going to get a girlfriend? I when are you going to get married? I got married. Or no, like, when are you going to get engaged? I got engaged. You going to get married? I got married. Okay, when are you going to have a kid? I'm going to have another kid. When are you going to like? When are you? Why are you still happy? Is what they really mean in some ways. And and so now today, when people go like, oh, you just have the one kid. And I go, oh, yeah, I've really, I've, I've got just the one. So far, you know, that 21 years of 100% obligation to keeping another person alive and healthy has been pretty, pretty satisfying. You know, I guess we could probably, get, you know what? We, I wasn't going to have another, but now that somebody at a party was kind of a dick, I think I'm going to go have a few more kids. Thank God. Can I get you another Mai Tai idiot? You know? No, I mean, like for me, like I think I, I really believe that you have to in some ways trust your instincts, even if they're dumb, bad instincts. I mean, they're there for a reason. They, you should at least, as with procrastination, which we should round about, round about, round back to, I think it's your brain trying to tell you something. I really, 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 really do. Um, and so for me, I'll say this. I will say at a day-to-day level, and this is probably just because I'm not a very productive, smart person and I take on too much. I think on a day-to-day level, yes, I am in, on some level driven by fear, both, both sides of the mountain. Good title. I I think on the one hand, uh, wait a minute, both sides of the mountain. Other side of the mountain, that's the lady uh, who was a quadriplegic that drew with her mouth. Okay. Both sides of the mountain. I think that's good for this title. Okay. Uh, On the one hand, yeah, I am driven by fear on a day-to-day level of going like, oh my gosh, if I don't do this thing, if I don't go pay my electric bill, they're going to shut my power off. Or, oh my God, I just can't even look at this email right now. Right? But I think, I hope on a much higher level, I'm not driven by fear. Like personally, and I've had to tell my editor about this. Boy, she sure is coming up a lot, isn't she? I've had to tell her. Look, I am not driven. I am not driven by stuff that matters to me. I am not driven by fear, and I'm never driven by negative feelings. Like you will never inspire me to do anything except shut down and dislike you if you try to like give like me guilt pressure. Somebody in, in, into some, Guilt, yeah, yeah. passive aggression. To tell you the truth, there is maybe I'm a sociopath, but that's just drop bits for me totally drop bits. I have, I have no place in my life for that. And maybe that makes me crazy, or maybe that makes me a jerk. But as soon as somebody tries to do something passive aggressive with me, we're done. That's the bozo bit for me. And so, you know, the thing is, what you can say is, sure, you can tell me constructive things. You could tell me extremely specific, painful things about me that are honest. But to just go like, well, to, to kind of uh, intimate that I have missed an expectation that you had, and therefore I should feel bad about it, well, you better have a practical component for how I can fix that, or you better apologize for, <laughs> for saying doing something like yeah. that because that's wrong. That's really wrong. So, on a high level, no. i the high levels where I'm like, man, I'll, I'll jump out of a plane if I think it's going to make something cool. Then the hard part is if I jump out of too many planes, I overcommit. And does that does that ring a bell at all? Like, did you sit? There, how much did you deliberate before you started five by five? You're a pretty cautious guy. You probably. Not cautious, but I mean, you don't just jump into stuff. You think about, can I execute this?
1: Yeah, oh yeah. Hey everybody, this is Dan Benjamin. I wanted to take a second to say thanks very much to our very special sponsor. Uh, It's MailChimp.com. They are awesome. Uh, We use them here ourselves and it is a great honor to have them sponsoring uh, any of our shows, including this one. Mailchimp.com. They make it easy to design email newsletters. You can share them on social networks. You can integrate with all of the web services that you already use. And you'll really love mixing and matching Mailchimp's templates. They have features and integrations that will fit your needs, whatever they are. You can think of it as your own personal publishing platform. And they've just doubled their free plan, uh, which is kind of crazy because now you can send 12,000 emails a month. To a list of up to 2,000 subscribers. There has never been a better time to uh, to check these guys out at MailChimp.com. And uh, we really do appreciate it. They've been a great supporter of 5 by 5 since day one. So thanks to them and thanks to you.
0: Should did you think about that like obviously in working with your cms yeah. you know you built a m- tremendous scale into that clearly how much did you think about this before you jumped in
1: oh, a lot i mean it's uh, <laughs> probably six months started thinking about it three months actually like spending most of my time do you know thinking about it kind of thing a long time mm-hmm. long time not i mean and, you know it was not a, it was not a an impulse decision by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I almost I do almost nothing uh, without a lot of uh, thinking about it. it with, with some exceptions, I mean, when it comes to making decisions, when it comes to deciding to actually do something, that used to be a really, really tough, really tough thing for me. I was very indecisive, and now really, I, oh Is that yeah, right? horrible. Oh. Before before I had a, a meditation practice. Um, you know it, that was very difficult for me, but one of the one of the big benefits of meditation <laughs> for me is it's it. It became much more easy for me to connect with. Gosh, I, I this is such a loaded word, uh, but connect with some kind of an internal wisdom, hmm? so that decision making and the decision making process and knowing having having a connection to that sense of knowing when you you feel that yes this is this is good or this is not good or I'll do this or I won't do this and being able to do it it became much uh easier for me it was much easier for me to connect to to that
0: I'm so, very I'm very intrigued by that yeah huh huh well you know I I guess I get that from you especially that you were so um you know, so receptive and kind to, to agreeing to do this show on ridiculously short notice. Yeah, you really had to twist my
1: arm to, do, to get me to do a show with well, you. Well,
0: I, I say this a lot, and boy, this is another one of those things where you either see it or you don't. But. I- uh, I, you know, I've got to get this quote right. I don't want to make my clicky keyboard go, but that thing about Edison, you know, and an uh, opportunity wearing workman's clothes. I, you know, I, I, well, some, one thing I say to people, I, I, there are a couple questions I like to ask people who are interested in the kind of work that I do, that I usually reserve this just for the, for the super users, but there are certain questions I like to ask people to kind of catch them off guard and get them really thinking about what's really going on. And one of them is, um, um, how would you know the right pitch came to you today? Like if you think about your life as one big at bat, yeah. don't worry about you know strikes and and uh, sports metaphors. But seriously, how would you know a good pitch today? Would you know how would you know whether something was worth doing today? Because if you really, 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 really think about that, in my opinion, that's a super loaded question because there are so many dependencies associated with answering that question that it really kind of forces you to think about quote unquote priorities. How would you know something was a good pitch today? Well, first of all, would you, would you would your first reaction be oh i have too much on my plate or to use that Joel Spolsky image i'm always reusing like am i carrying the same amount of blocks every week have i filled this box 90% full of tasks and i haven't really looked at any of them mm. do you have the, i mean do you have the do you always keep 10% capacity in case something awesome happened or are you so stressed out that you would never even be able to consider it there's no way i could do that i'm really busy okay well, are you so busy that if a career and life-changing thing came down the pike, you would dismiss it because you haven't checked your email yet? Uh, and sure, you can get mad because, boy, that is really glib. But I'm totally freaking serious. Would you know that pitch today? You know, when uh, that very nice Zen Habits guy interviewed me I, uh, for his Zen Habits site. I, uh, very nice guy, very nice guy. Not a, not a fan of the site, but a very nice guy. And I was like, I, 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 uh, I, I kind of shot back at him. Hey, you know, if you had sixty percent of the resources you needed to start something today, what do you know? What it would be? And that's a question that catches so many people off guard because to, to the sort of fear and level stuff. Like, if you say to somebody, like, do you know? And basically, I, th- I think what you're saying to somebody is, which of your unnecessary anxieties are you most prepared to abandon to do something cool? And that's a really weird question to a lot of people because you become so 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 attached to your own anxieties. They, I really believe this. They become so much – they become like a comfort, right? They become so much a part of who you are because this is the thing I really worry about. Like that's going to freaking inoculate you against anything. But if you say to somebody like what, what anxieties would you be willing to give up today to do something cool? You know, I'm, you don't have to answer that, but I think for most people they would go, I don't understand the question. Like nothing here is movable. This is a, this is a, you know, this is a child's tile puzzle with 16 tiles. There's none of these will move. And it's like, well then gosh, why do you bother? If you're like in your 20s and you're like nothing will change, it's like oh my god. There's so many people who are 80 that would love to have your problems. They would just love to have the ridiculous, soul crushing problems of somebody who has a job and too much paper to move. It's like, <laughs> you know, and like I said in this podcast with Mike, that some of you will hopefully listen to, um it, it is it is kind of funny. Like I really believe that you know, you, you don't have to be defined by your job unless that's where you really derive your you know self-esteem from your job should reflect who you are not the other way around and you know i what is what is the practical component of this we, we can get back to the procrastination now but uh i think i think really leaving some capacity all the time is so important <clears throat> if you're doing it getting things done you know you're always saying uh, meditation practice or sitting practice i'm going to call it a GTD practice if you're doing a GTD practice and you're regular doing re- regularly doing reviews well first of all most of you aren't because reviews are hard yesterday i sat down uh, with OmniFocus for the iPad, which is, to my mind, the single best place to do any kind of a GTD review. And I went through and did my first review in months, and I killed over 100 projects. First of all, holy crap, I had 100 yeah, projects. Yeah, I was going to
1: say, you had 100 projects to kill?
0: Yeah, yeah, but listen. Well, well, can, wait, what I, I, do
1: you define as a project, then?
0: Any outcome that requires more than two action steps. So, okay. so uh, you know, I'm working on transitioning some of my sites to Squarespace. I really, really, really want to do that. But you know what? I, I, I can't do that right now. I, I can't do that. And for me to have, feel bad about that and have that sitting there, you know what? If it comes up again, I'll think about it again.
1: So you're saying you, you eliminate, you kill it. It's not even on the list anymore.
0: Nope. I you don't take it the off the someday. list. I, I don't believe in the someday maybe list. I I think – uh, sorry if you have are just reading Getting Things Done and I'm about to break your heart. The someday maybe list is a myth, and I think David Allen knows it. The someday maybe list and Getting Things Done is the place where you go, okay, I've got this project like – A project that either I'm not ready to do yet or I'm not ready to think about at the level of granularity that it has a day-to-day place in my life, right? It could be retire or it could be go to Paris. Um, But for most of it, it's like, you know, what? Learn life drawing. Something I look at. I look at. I I try to learn to draw like twice a year. It's like learning Vim, you know, Mm. or getting good at guitar. I return to it twice a year and then never do it. So that could sit there on my list and I could just feel bad about it and have my brain go dead and it could be another source of noise in my life. Or, in the Getting Things Done system, you put that on a different list. It's not your active projects. It goes into Someday Maybe, which is a really interesting idea. It's a thing that you're supposed to revisit on a weekly basis for your weekly review, and you go through, is there anything in here that I want to be doing that I want to move from my Someday Maybe list onto an active project? Or, conversely, are there things I want to take out of my active projects? And You see where I'm going with this. And I'm pretty sure that uh, it's really a place to go. I'm not ready to euthanize this dog yet. So I'm just going to put it here where I can't see it. <laughs> I can't hear it crying. Mm. I think most of us are honest. They could, I mean, maybe you don't have 100 dead projects like I did, but I had stuff like buy a Christmas tree in there. I mean, because, you know, it's a multi so That sounds stupid, but you ever put up a Christmas tree? This is why I'm great at this and you're not. It's because I understand that buy a Christmas tree is not a task. It's a project. Right? It is. Because first of all, what do you, okay, where's the tree go? It's got to go in front of the window. Well, where's the couch right now? Well, okay. All right, I got to move the couch to put it in front of the window. Okay, okay. Um, Do you know where the base for it is? Okay, let me turn turn this around. What's not a project? Oh, uh, all kinds of things. Uh, I would call them one-offs or singletons. Uh, Something like uh, check my P.O. box. I have a, a repeating reminder every four days to say go check your P.O. box. It starts every four days and it's due every six days. Is that really overthinking that? Nope, it's the opposite of overthinking that. I never have to remember to check my P.O. box again, and I never miss more than part of a business week of not checking it. I don't check it every day because I don't need to check it every day. That's how often I need to do it. Every Monday night, I get a reminder it's time to take the trash out. Every Tuesday, I get a reminder to bring the cans in. You can't remember. You walk by those cans. You you know what? A, I never have to think about it again, dude. And B, if I'm going to be on vacation and I see that coming up, I know that somebody else will have to take care of it. See, I don't have to think about it. That's what OmniFocus or anything you use. It could be things, it could be anything. That's what that list is for. It's for stuff that you don't have to think about. So I can clear off my desk and do my real work. But the Christmas tree thing, I just want to be clear. Like whatever it is you've got, if you're sitting there going by Christmas tree and you haven't thought about the fact that you also are going to have to sweep up the needles when you're done, you don't have to plan all that now. But if you, one reason we procrastinate, you like that segue? One reason we procrastinate is we haven't really thought through those dependencies Right? So think about something that's been sitting on your list, especially ready, a high-priority task. Uh, uh, message to, uh, to Jim, please put lots of uh, <laughs> plate reverb on that. Um, right, So you've got something on your list, you're going, oh, I've got to make this higher priority. If only there was a redder red. CC 0000 is just not cutting it for me. This has to be brighter and bolder and bigger. And my, First of all, I would say, well, first of all, have you realized that you're never going to do that? Because I can, I can already tell you you're never going to do that. Otherwise, you would have done it right? But let's say, okay, fine. You're going to live the lie and act like you are going to do that. Fine. Well, ask yourself, why isn't it done already? To, to, again, to paraphrase David Allen, if I had only one thing to do in the entire world right now, and it was this, what's the first thing I would do? You should be able to do that for every project you have on your list. You really should. I know we're getting into the granular stuff that some of you love and some of you hate, but this is real world stuff. If there's anything on your list, that, in your list, and you know what I mean by list of projects. Let's say you've got five projects. Let's say you've got one project. If there's not a next physical action that you could do on there, or if you're not waiting on a dependency from somebody else, it probably shouldn't be sitting there. You probably shouldn't see it. You know, again, if no matter how much you want to mow your lawn, it could be your highest priority. Maybe you're about to get a fine from the Homeowners Association. If you're on a plane when it's most high priority for you to cut your lawn, you're SOL. You're going to have to figure out something else. So in this instance, this is pure just canonical GTD we're talking about here. But as far as beating procrastination, um, if you're not ready to get to the stuff about yes, first care, and if you're not ready to get to the stuff of am I ever going to do this, I think you should do that. But if you're not ready for that, fine. Let's look at some more tactical stuff. One of them is, have have you figured out is there a blocking dependency task to this? So in other words, first of all, have I broken this down? Is this really a task or a project? And, and again, all credit to Getting Things Done, Copyright David Code 2001. Um, this is canonical GTD, so I, there's this thing that's not getting accomplished here. Okay, why? Well, I'm not sure why. i got a lot to do. Okay, okay. Let's say you got all the time in the world. You've got all, nothing else to do. What do you do first on this? Well, I need to, um, to uh, real-world example. My, my, my wife uh, wants to have a desk in our office, and I've been meaning to do it for a long time. So you have a task called Setup Desk. And it sits there for months and months and months. Now, so you bring in Merlin, and Merlin goes, okay, so why isn't the desk up here yet? Well, I got a lot to do. Oh, uh, Okay, well, first of all, where are you going to put the desk? I don't know. I got somewhere up here. Okay, well, how are you going to get the desk up here? Well, oh, I don't know. i have to, I guess, disassemble it. Okay. Is, does it need to be in an electric outlet? Um, I have a lot to do. Okay, well, you're going to always have a lot to do unless you think all the way through and imagine the physical actions. Can I give you my list? Okay, project, set up desk for Madeline. Number one, go downstairs, figure out how to, I, where I'm going to put the books that are currently on the table. Move those books. Disassemble it. Ah, well, I can't disassemble. Where's the screwdriver? Bring down screwdriver. Save a trip, right? And then you got to break it down. Then you got to bring it up. Then you got to make space. You don't have to think through it. You don't have to write down every one of those. But if you haven't thought through it, friend, that is why you're procrastinating. And B, the fact that you're going, this is stupid I don't need to think through all that. Come back in a month and let's look and see if that's still on your list because I'll bet you it will still be on there. There's one time to think and that is when you're capturing it and deciding whether you're going to do it. If you're going to do it, you better make it a contract with yourself that nothing goes on that list unless you're really going to do it. And then if it sits there for more than two weeks and all it does is get bolder and redder, I mean, God, why would you do that to yourself? Why would you go like learn Esperanto and have that staring at you for six years (laughs) under this high priority thing? Well, you're, you're doing nothing but creating noise. This is a total bad apple phenomenon. As soon as you let in some tasks that you know you're never going to do, you might as well piss on your entire task list. It's pure noise at that point. To me, that's, that's a sacred tabernacle. Nothing goes in there that I'm not going to do and it doesn't have a next action. And even with that, I am pretty good at this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I killed 100 projects yesterday and it's not going to be a problem. So yeah, now what I've got in there is like 11 things I need to do that I will do. And I'm not going to sit there and worry about is Christmas tree sitting there staring at me, you know? Boy, you know, if I'm a guru, I should be great at this, shouldn't I? Well, I'm not great at this, but I know I'm not great at it. And the fact that I know I'm not great at it gives me the courage to just go fix it when it's broken. I don't have a brand to maintain. I don't have a rep to live up to. I'm allowed to be broken because we're all broken. I just do it professionally and I'm good at it. And that means that I always have permission to acknowledge that I suck at something and I really hope you've got that in your job, too, because it's pretty nice. Don't you like that, Dan? Don't you like being able to say how much you suck? You know, but I think people are scared of that.
1: I get back yeah. to the fear thing. I think people sure. are, are afraid to, you know, it, it's well, it's one thing for Merlin to say that. But no,
0: why do you do this? Why are you that I'm, guy? Dumb? I'm just saying, I'm saying,
1: no, listen to me. Listen to me. People are thinking this. People are, you are thinking think, this. I think
0: you're, Dan Benjamin, I think you're thinking that. Are you thinking that? No. Or are they thinking? That? No. All right. Okay, well, so so let's 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 do that. We got uh, just f- probably five minutes before we need to start wrapping up. Sure. What? Okay. Let's 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 try and settle this once and for Again, all. Again, this even, is this I proves my well.
1: point that you're not you're not really fear motivated because I think there's a lot of people who well, are who are <gasps> of fear who have the fear who well, don't want to who don't want to fail or afraid they're afraid to take that thing off the Dan, list. But Dan,
0: that's like that's like saying I don't understand. I keep taking all these laxatives, but I keep pooping. What is going on? <laughs> I Mer, Oh, sure, Merlin can stop pooping. He's got modium, But I sit down, literally, <laughs> I literally sit down. And when I realize that I'm pooping a lot, I double the amount of laxatives I'm taking. <laughs> and I still don't understand why I poop.
1: Yeah. I just know,
0: oh, sure, it's easy for him. Well, God, think about it. Really think about it for half a second. I mean, what answer, what answer can I possibly give that's going to make this easier for you? What can I possibly say that will make your life easier what consolation can I provide from a podcast that you're listening to? I'll on do. Your I'll do
1: you my answer. All right, go. Uh, I think it's it's an interesting experience to allow yourself to fail and see what actually happens.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Fail. at something that that maybe th- there's minimal consequences. Like don't fail while you're driving a car. <laughs> but allow yourself to do something. I'm not saying sabotage yourself, <laughs> but I'm saying in in a, be in a situation where you, you give yourself. This sounds like a really Here's my Dr. Philism for you. (laughs) Give yourself permission to fail sometimes. Right,
0: I, I agree, and I think, I think you've said it. I think there's, there's two ways that, to, the, that you can fail. I think one, yes, go fail at something where it doesn't matter. Like, it could be a video game. It could be playing racquetball. But you know what? On the other end of the spectrum, though, why don't you go swing for the fences? Why don't you go fail at something interesting for once? Why don't you fail at something, and, and not as a way to go like, oh, I knew I wouldn't be good at violin. Why don't you go work <laughs> your ass off at violin if it's something you really care about? Right. Now, don't ferris your way through this. Get into it and go like, I'm not allowed to make this excuse of not having time anymore. Or needing to go spend my four hours in a hammock. I need to go really focus on this and not allow myself to make the kind of procrastination excuse that buoys me so much. I really, I really do believe that. And uh, you know, again, in this podcast with Mike, I talked about this a lot. I mean, yeah. I, what I said, I said something like, you know, failure is the equivalent of existential sit ups. It's like nothing prepares <laughs> you better for everything. <laughs> like, have you ever taken a martial art dance? You ever take like Taekwondo or anything Does like that? Does judo count? Yes. Okay. Like what's the first thing? What is the next to like how to walk around the dojo and tie your thing? And yeah. Geek, yeah. Like what's the first thing you spend weeks and weeks doing in judo? Uh, after, after tying your… Falling down. Falling down. And getting, getting thrown around. Yeah. In Taekwondo, people just punch you and kick you. In Aikido, <laughs> the entire point of Aikido is how to fall down well. Yeah. <laughs> As Woody, Sheriff Woody says, falling with style. Yeah, there you go. Uh, do you know what I'm saying, though? Like, what is that training? And just to bring in the David Allen angle, like David Allen always says, I love this. <clears throat> you know, he's a black belt in, um, I'm not sure which. I want to say kung fu, but I'm not sure. <clears throat> and he always says, you know, you know the, la- the, the, the last opportunity that you have to get trained for being jumped in an alley is like when you're in the alley getting jumped. Like you spend your whole life preparing for that moment, so you don't have to think about it, if, if that's what you're focusing on, right? And it's like, well, no, hang like, on, you know, hang like, on, how, hang on, hang on, you're go.
1: breaking, you're breaking up on me. Say something.
0: Um, yeah. No, you're there. fine. You're fine. Um.
1: Say that okay. again. Say that last sentence again, because yeah. it was good.
0: Do you need to make A, a, I did. a marker. Okay. I did. Um. It's like David Allen says. You, uh, you spend your whole life getting. <laughs> Like David Allen says, the last opportunity that you've got to prepare for being jumped in an alley is when you're being jumped in an alley. And that's why I say something like Taekwondo, it's it's not your job to sit around and go how soon do I get my black belt? Well, Bruce Lee got a black belt. Sure, it's easy for him. He's got a black belt. Right. Oh, of course Tiger Woods goes to the Masters, because look at him, he's in the Masters. Oh, oh God, I'm so tired of hearing these people who they keep trying. Don't they understand how hard it is for me? I, what I'm trying to say poorly... Can you still hear me?
1: Yeah. I think you're making a good point, though.
0: Um, the Taekwondo thing, you just, your job is to get your ass kicked. That's why you're there. You show up, you give them money, and they kick your ass, and that's what it's there for. And that's why I think as far as the failure stuff, what I'm trying to say is the the, the number of times... I'm not saying go out and fail, and I'm not saying be careless, I'm not saying be reckless, but I am saying that every time you fail... Well, first of all, you've discovered a little bit of something about something. You will use that information somewhere, right? <clears throat> if you go and read um, Mark Headland's wonderful postmortem on uh, Wasabi, <clears throat> it's a terrific postmortem on why wow. he feels they, quote-unquote, lost to things like mint. Terrific. Just oh, like, I know
1: the post you're talking about. Yeah, oh, and like, really oh, good.
0: So what, tell me, I'm just guessing probably you respect Mark a lot less now that he's admitted what he did wrong, right? Not probably, at all, not at all. Huh? that's weird. Yeah. I, huh? I like him more. That's weird. I, I thought we didn't respect people who told us that they were weak. Um, Boy, you know, would you rather have that boss who's never wrong? Or would you rather have that boss that goes, look, I can't do this without you. Like, I really, I will not do this as well as you. Please do it. Boy, I'll take that second one anytime. I, I really, really will. And so <clears throat> we got a little off topic here, but, but the, I guess what I'm saying is the failure thing. Yeah, you'll take something away from that. Like Mark did. Mark's a stronger person now. You know, Ed's a stronger person now. I, I'm guessing and, and for you I mean <clears throat> the other uh, second part and the part boy, this is a really personal like take home message is every time you fail you realize you're not going to die you know and, and that sounds so cheesy but you know whatever it's true every time you fail you go oh my god the stakes for this were not everything right I mean the stakes for it are like how seriously you're going to take it what do you give up to do it what do you what skin do you put in the game but if you're being clear about it you go like we well, you know this project failed but I'm still here the, the project may be dead, but I'm not. You know, Kierkegaard talks about the sickness unto death. Like, you're not going to be consumed by despair, and that bums you out. There's no way that you will be so despairing that you get a pass on existence, you know? Um, yeah, also Nietzsche, but we're not going to get into that. But anyway, Dan, I think the procrastination thing, just to try and make this slightly practical in our remaining three minutes— I think the procrastination thing comes down to really starting at the care level. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to keep coming back to that because I know it probably bugs you, but, you know, I really do care about this. Why, why are you doing this? Why is this on your list? Are you doing this because somebody put it on your list? Why did you accept this? Do you need to renegotiate this? Do you need to dump this? Do you need to kick this down the lane until a little bit later? You know, because remember, everything you accept is 10,000 things you can't accept. Like, really, really, really get that. Mm. So for me, kicking out 100 projects out of my OmniFocus file, wow, I, talk about taking a dump, I feel so much better now. I feel so much, <laughs> like, it really just like, pulled out by the roots. Like, you young people will understand this, but I'm telling you later, it makes, it's a, it'll change your day, clearing things up. <laughs> OmniFocus, I mean. <clears throat> so anyway, then go down to the level of, like, you know, once you've gotten to the why. okay, well, I've got to do this. All right, well, then how about what are you willing to delete? Or, or what other things are you willing to get rid of to make this thing happen but like, slide my hand to God, seriously guys please, 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 get off this priority merry-go-round, it's so stupid and you're just lying to yourself over and over and over again please stop it, managers please stop talking about priorities if you really mean thing will never do you know, I think we've said this before on the show but you can, there's exactly one way that you can tell a priority as a person and that means, is it done if it's not done, it's not a priority Ooh, that sounds really Zen Buddhist. Screw you. It's true. If it were a priority, it would be done. Okay? And as a company, you know how you tell something's a priority? It's got a budget, it's got a due date, and it's got one person that has to make sure that it happens. If it doesn't have all of those three, it's probably never going to happen. And if you've ever had a project that didn't ship, ask yourself, was there one person responsible for it, at a deadline, and a and, a, de- um, and a, a budget, a person, and a deadline? Because that's why almost everything fails. It's because we sit around talking about something like it's real and it's not real. There's no skin in the game and there's no sacrifice. If you have not sacrificed for anything, then it's not really something you care about. It's just a thing. And so, you know, yeah, sure, you can keep bringing up procrastination or you can just man up and go, like, the reason I'm procrastinating is I'm doing a bunch of crap I don't care about and I don't have the stones to drop the stuff that doesn't matter and focus on the stuff that really does. Which brings you back to what? First, Care. You always end up back at that space until you figure this stuff out. You always end up there. No matter how much you think it's about notebooks and pens, guys, you're going to have to go back to why is this allowed to have my attention instead of other things. Over?
1: Yeah, I think, I think it is. Uh, well, no, we're two minutes
0: under. <laughs> I just want to say I'm done ranting. <sighs> yeah, it's hard. You know, it's hard, this whole life thing. Man, there's a lot, there's a lot of moving parts.
1: Well, but you only have the one kid.
0: Yeah, you know, it's maybe I should adopt. You know what? Maybe I should do some kind of doctari thing where I bring in some sick animals. You know, um, maybe I should. Maybe I should go. Maybe I should get a, put my hair in a bun and go live with chimps or something. Yeah. Know? No, wait, I get that confused. There's Jane Goodall and there's uh, uh, no Jane Smiley's an, uh, an author, right? <laughs> who is it? Who are who are the who are the, who are the Jane mate,
1: Goodall like? lived with the chimps for many years.
0: Shh, who's the one who was killed by poachers?
1: Oh, the uh, the one they did the gorillas in the mist about.
0: Oh, Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney right.
1: Weaver, but she didn't – it wasn't actually Sigourney Weaver. She was just playing the woman.
0: Uh, well, I don't think that's accurate. I don't think that's accurate. You now, when she – Huh.
1: She was actually the gorilla woman? Now because one Nostromo? was
0: gorillas one was gyms. Now, who's Nostromo? Is that the character from – hang on a minute. Let me get this right. So, so who narrated the English version of Planet Earth? It wasn't Sigourney Weaver. Who was that?
1: Of Planet Earth? No, Sigourney Weaver was – she was the computer in wall
0: Oh, uh, right, right, That's right, what right, you're right, thinking right. of. Okay, I got it. And so it's John Ratzenberger that's been in every Pixar movie, right? Yep. Does that include the lamp? That's, he's not in the lamp movie, though, right? Is he the squeaky sound in the lamp No, movie?
1: no, he wasn't, but that, that one doesn't count. He was just in, he was
0: ham. Yeah. No, I know, evil Dr. Porkchop. That's Mr. Evil. You know what? You know what? <laughs> if it was Lucas running that outfit, he would go back and redo the lamp movie, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. he, would, he, he would put in Jar Jar Binks and John Ratzenberger. Yeah. I, I think that's what he would do. Say, Yeah, come here, kid. Yeah. And then you'd give him a funny name. His name would be Lampley Lampington or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, time to button it up.
1: Yeah, I think we're done.
0: Yeah. I do too. That wasn't too bad, huh? No, it
1: wasn't to- wasn't too bad. And uh, we, we should mention though that uh, if we're gonna you're gonna be gone next week, so we may record another one this week, but we won't release it till next week, right? If we record one.
0: Yeah, we need to record two more, my friend. Two more. Think about it. Do the math. Look it up.
1: I'm doing See, this math This is why I kept right saying that.
0: God damn it, Dan Benjamin. Why this do we need two? Kept... Wait a
1: minute. Why do we need two more?
0: What's today? I'm out of town for-
1: Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And you're out of town next week. You mean you're out of town the week after that?
0: <clears throat> yeah. Man. That's why, I, that's, yeah. Why kept, that's why I kept saying we need to, we need to diary this. We got to get this on the calendar. That's why I kept saying that.
1: All right. I don't use calendars. My, I have, my, um, my, I should, my brother-in-law is a
0: lawyer. He's a lawyer, and I learned that term from him. He says, let's diary that. I love saying that. It's so douchey. You know what? Could we diary this? Do you want to know how my
1: calendars work? I have a calendar. It's in, Does in, your
0: calendar have a sitting practice?
1: My calendar is on the wall in the kitchen next to the refrigerator, and my wife had been writing things on there for several years, and I told she's like, didn't didn't you see you didn't, didn't you, didn't you know? see that I've been writing all the appointments? Because she'd be like, well, you know, you have a dentist appointment tomorrow, and you can't. I'm like, what do you mean a dentist appointment tomorrow? I don't know about that. And She's like, I wrote it, on, so- wrote it on the calendar. So finally, I said, you need to write it in big red block printing. And she, ever since she started doing that, I actually now I know when things are going to happen.
0: Oh God, that's good, Dan. That is so Charlie Kaufman. (laughs) I am imagining a Charlie Kaufman. It's probably like that, yeah. Where there are two different calendars that people are keeping about their life, and no one, neither of them keep assuming that somebody's looking at their calendar instead of their their own calendar. Yeah, their other calendar. Oh my God, that's you are welcome, Charlie Kaufman, who I am sure is a huge fan of the show. Yeah. Oh, that's funny, Dan. Now we use the uh, we use the Google Calendar, and uh, I I said to my wife, I said I told my lady we got to go, we got to button this up, but I've told my lady like, look, seriously. If it matters, it has to go on the calendar. Because I cannot keep that in my brain. I'm done trying to keep that in my brain. And if it's on my calendar, it happens. I've said that to you before, Dan Benjamin. I'm here, right. aren't I? So
1: we will, we, will, we will do two more this week.
0: Can I do another one now? I, can't, I oh. wish I could. I can't do one right now. Can I do it by myself, which is the chat room? You guys do it? I pulled up IRC for the first time in like 10 years. Did you? me. I'm Hot Dogs Ladies, unless somebody's impersonating me. Hi, guys. Let me see. Um, I should say hello. How do you say, uh, how do you say that in uh Ben Hex. Uh, and then I'll say that's not funny. Sorry. All right. Chat room. Boom. All right. Um Dan Yes. I, 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 I love seeing you on my calendar. It just makes me happy.
1: We'll record we'll 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 reconvene and we will record two more this week.
0: I compression Dan, compression. I got a couple days. We got to come to compression. I'm just We'll do gonna it. We'll do. Cut it. this. All right. Y'all done? Yes. I love you